Well, hey, church. Um, I love that in the middle of this unique time of not being able to gather together, um, we can still share these moments. And uh, just like you, I'm in lockdown. So a couple of things have happened to me in lockdown. One, maybe the most important one, uh, is I grew a mustache. And I've been getting lots of comments about it uh, on uh, social media, specifically after Sunday. Um, For those of you who don't are not following this on the weekly, um, Sunday was Easter. So we had quite a few people uh, joining us for our Easter celebration, and it was a ton of fun. Uh, but people have been asking me repeatedly all week if there's some sort of significance with the mustache. And my go-to has been, do not look too deep into facial hair in quarantine. There's, there was, This is just a uh, random thing that I decided to do that uh, on the daily, I'm wondering if I made the right decision or not. So I, that's one of the things that's happened. I've grown a mustache. The second is, is I've become a homeschool principal. Uh, and, um, uh, for the record, uh, in my house, I I don't know how great of a job I've been. So, uh, it is, it's been a wild rodeo here. Um, and, uh, so let's just, let's just call it what it is. You're going to hear life happening all around me. All my kids are here and my dogs. Uh, it's beautiful chaos. Uh, I'm recording this, uh, from my home office. Uh, and so it is going to sound like that. Um, but I wanted to bring back, the one and only Carolyn Grant. And if you missed Carolyn and I's first episode, I want you to pause this one and I want you to go back and listen to that first one because a lot of what we're going to be diving into today is going to be framed from what we talked about in that previous episode. If you don't know Carolyn, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. Carolyn and her husband are leaders in our church here in Austin and some of the greatest humans on the planet. Uh, plus, An added bonus is they come from one of my favorite countries in the world, and that's the beautiful country of South Africa. Uh, So, Carolyn, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. And uh, rumor has it that you're actually joining us from your beachside cottage. Is that true? Oh, you're not supposed to give it away. Um, (laughs) Yes, it's true. (laughs) No, I absolutely, I want everybody to know. Well, that's where the guilt comes in. I I wish I could be bringing everyone here, honestly. Um, we've been staying at home here, but we are allowed to exercise on the beach. No sitting on the beach or tanning or anything like that, but we've been, yeah, riding our bikes. Oh, you know what, Carolyn? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. so you can't, you can't just hang out on the beach. You have to be moving. No, you've got to be wow. moving. So we ride our bikes there, go for a swim, ride back. So, but it's been, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's, gonna, it's been awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, well, I thought it would be super helpful for us just to take a deeper uh, look into some of the things that we touched on in our last time being together. Um, and, and you started talking to us about what's known as the transition bridge model um, and the chaos phase uh, that that we're all in, which is kind of between unsettled and resettled. Uh, and in a recent blog post that I read that you did, uh, which was absolutely fascinating, by the way, uh, you said that for most of us in this COVID season, we might identify better with what Dr. Seuss called the waiting place. So could you just take us a little bit more into that, please? Absolutely. Um, I love books. My kids love books. And I think when I read 
Oh, The Places You'll Go um, by Dr. Seuss. I was just fascinated by his idea of this waiting place where we're all waiting, whether it's for a train to come, a bus to go, snow to snow. And I, I just identified with that again as the feeling I'm having right now. And I think most of us, many of us are. Um, hmm. It's just this feeling of we're waiting. You know, things have ended the way things were yeah. have ended. And we've, you know, we've lamented the loss and we've, you know, we're trying to work through all of that. But at the same time, we're waiting for something new. So, and I, I think what's unusual is these these opportunities come up every now and then, but we're normally just so busy with life that we kind of just want to jump to the other side and not have to deal with this waiting place because no one likes waiting. We don't like waiting for the doctor. We don't like yeah. waiting at any time. Um, but what's unique now mid COVID is that we have to stop. We've had to stay at home, listen to our own thoughts, deal with our own insecurities. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's why when I read that to my kids, I thought actually this is something for all of us right now. So, yeah. So good. And you know, I, I, I heard a, um, there's a famous quote that I don't remember who said it, but I heard it from uh, a, a friend of mine. His name is Craig Rochelle. He's a pastor of a church. He said, don't waste the crisis. And I, I kind of hear that a little bit. It's like, man, this has been tough what we've been going through. And it has forced us into some uncomfortable places. But I, I think what I really resound with in what you're saying is that it is also an opportunity for us to listen to maybe some of those places in our hearts and in our minds that we don't give time to. Um, mm -hmm. And that this space... Um, in isolation, although some of us have prettier views than others, just trying to mm -hmm. continue to lob the guilt on top of you. No, I'm <laughs> <Thank> joking. You. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, is is that like the space um, has actually created uh, some some areas where we can lean in for some growth. So as we're in this waiting place, what, what would you say would be some things we can lean into um, that would help us maximize and, if you will, not waste this crisis that we're in? That's great. I think, you know, the first thing is surrendering to the waiting place is just knowing that we can't um, speed up the process. In fact, that's actually harmful. Hmm. That's what we're normally doing is trying to just get out of it as quickly as we can. Um, nor can we reverse it right now. We can't go back and say, wow, I really wish COVID yeah. never happened. Can we just go back? So I think that that's surrendering and going, okay, well, we are where we are. What is here for me now? Um, like I said last week, it's an opportunity to look at your life when you're not actually in it yeah. because our lives were what we were doing and we're not quite in the new place yet. So yeah, it's an opportunity to just see ourselves from a different angle. Um, you know, one of the, the big things for me is we're, we're being forced to take time, but it's are we being intentional with that time? Like we mm. could be, you know, yeah. I know, you know, you just have to have a look at Instagram and everyone's posting all the food that they're making, all the projects that they're doing. And those are all great things. Um, right. But, you know, there can also be these um 
things that we're just numbing ourselves that we don't have to actually deal with what I call the work of this waiting place. And that's the internal work that's wow. going on. Yeah. So it's, it's, are you comfortable with doing some self-reflection in this time? Are you finding time to be alone or to be quiet and to listen to what's actually going on internally? For those of for those of yeah. us, let me jump in here. For those of us who maybe m- might not be as um, or might not feel as comfortable uh, with that internal introspection mm-hmm. and the work in the waiting that you're talking about, could you maybe give us like some very simple guided things that might help us maximize this time that we have to work in the waiting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. I am just a self-reflective person, so it comes naturally to me. Um, But even my husband is not, so it's just trying to sometimes help him go, okay, well, what are you thinking? What is going on behind what you're just doing? And I, I think one of the things is being intentional about finding time alone. So whether that for you looks like doing a quiet time in the morning or it's going for a run, you know, just getting out of the house so you don't have all the kids around you. Um, for me, it's journaling. Right. So I think for a lot of people, we can have a, a ton of thoughts a day, but until we externalize them and put them onto paper, it's very hard to actually see the thread of what is what we're actually thinking about. So for me, that's actually, and it's one of the tools we use in the grief workshops that I do, um, it's called writing to heal and it's actually journaling your thoughts and seeing where they're going um, so that you can actually realize what's going on internally. Um, So journaling is one Um, for some people it's art, you know, being creative. It's, it's, it's going into something without a agenda. It's not saying I want to end up with a novel or I want to end up with a portrait of something. It's going in and just letting, whatever is inside you come out. So what it, whatever that looks like, and I don't know what your your way of doing it would be, but those are some of the ideas that I have. Um, yeah, even if you're tinkering you know, I think in the garage. The you know? journaling thing is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've, been, I've rearranged our entire garage twice. Um, just <laughs> That's to, great. And the just thing is, when you're, when you're doing uh, that, Sadie, it's, it's asking yourself, what am I thinking about while I'm mindlessly rearranging my garage again? You know, what am I, mm, what's going on behind? So it? good. Yeah. So sorry, go back to the journaling. Yeah, I think journaling is, yeah, journal, journaling is such a powerful tool mm-hmm. and it's a practice that I, that I personally do daily. Um, but I know a lot of people in some ways either feel intimidated by the idea of it um, or don't necessarily even understand what that space could provide for them so when you say writing to heal and journaling how how does that even begin for you like if 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 you're sitting with someone who's never journaled before and you give them a pen and a blank sheet of paper what, what what would be kind of a great beginning thought or prompt to get this flow of maybe some of the motions that are clogged if you will to begin to come out yeah i mean that's great 
and it's something I'm actually going to work on next week is giving journal prompts. It's, it's sometimes you just need someone to ask you the question. So I'm trying to think yeah, of something in this season. Yeah. Just, you know, start, what am I grieving? That's why, you know, the very first week I said, list your losses, just write them down, like big or small. Um, what do you feel like you've lost in this transition? And you'll find as you start listing the losses, so much more will come behind that. Um, or it could be, right. um, what have you learned about um, grieving in this season? Or just starting with a sentence. And I'll provide some of those next week on my blog, just some journal prompts to get people knowing you know, what have I learned about myself? What behaviors have I seen manifest in this time? What are my thoughts? Just write down your thoughts. You know, I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I'm scared of dying. I feel abandoned. I feel lonely. Just write, start writing, make a list of your thoughts, make a list of, you know, negative thoughts that you're having, make a list of the promises of God to counter that. There's so many things and it often just can start with one thing and it'll be a snowball effect. You know, I think that it's important that um, as we're in that process that we, you know, that there, there's this very true biblical principle that when something is brought into the light, um, then that's when freedom and healing can begin. And I, and that, that, is oftentimes seen more along the lines of, you know, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. Mm -hmm. But I've also found that in my thought life specifically, even when I take the time to write them out or process them out and say, man, I'm feeling this, or I feel this way, or this mm -hmm. is something that I feel like is attacking me, that that brings it into the light as well, that it, it almost kind of loses some of its power and you can, some of the lies that we're believing, you can see their absurdity when you write them out. Um, and then that countering them with truth, what you said, like the promises of God biblically, mm -hmm. God, who do you say that, that I am in the midst of this? If I'm feeling insecure, isolated, alone, uh, fearful, anxious, writing those things out and then finding scriptures that can attack those things, right? I, I think that that's been something that's been massive for me is, you know, in the midst of all of this, I've, I've found myself continually going back to the passive scripture that says, set your mind on things above mm -hmm. that there's not on earthly things, but on heavenly things, because in the middle of this chaos, there's so much that we can set our mind on, right? Like there's, Absolutely. News coming out every 30 seconds mm -hmm. of projections and predictions. And, you know, very few people are predicting things getting better, right? So there, there's, you can set your mind on earthly things that can feel mm -hmm. discouraging and, and, and draining, or you can set your mind on heavenly things. And that's not ignoring the facts, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, that scripture uh, where Abraham, it says, you know, I think it's in Hebrews where it's like a, Abraham faced the facts, that he his body was as good as dead, but his faith was unwavering. And, and it's that, like, we can face the facts of what it is that we're in the middle of, but we yeah. can at the same time have unwavering faith, setting our minds on things above, on who God is, who he's been to us, and, and how he's going to provide for us in the midst of all that we're going through. 
and you can find a lot of hope and help in that's that whirlwind of all of these things that we might be thinking, processing, and feeling. You know, something that you said in your your blog, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, you said that oftentimes in these transition places and really it's change yeah. um, that we encounter suffering and, and that suffering can be likened to the refiner's fire. And in that, um, some idols that maybe we have will be exposed, hard issues um, that we have will begin to rise to the surface, some theological flaws, wrong beliefs about God, about who God says that we are, we begin to see. Um, And so as uh, that is happening in this season of pressure, this refiner's fire, as things are changing, we're entering into suffering. What do we do with those things? Where where do we go when we begin to realize like, oh man, maybe there's an idol that I have. Some heart issues aren't settling. I have some wrong beliefs about God. How do we begin to walk through that process as well? Yeah, that's a good question. I think... You know, we've all had to deal with our comforts being taken away from us. And I think that's probably one of the first idols that have been exposed for me. Man, I was really comfortable with how life was and the routines and things that I was in. Um, So what it does for me is it almost helps me reorder my priorities again. It's like, well, if I don't have those things that are normally keeping me buoyed up, you know, what what should I rather be looking for, for my comfort and for my hope? So often yeah. repentance is one of the things, you know, and heart flaws that'll come up, you know, I get angry really quickly or I'm fearful, I'm noticing my anxiety more. And those are, I'm not saying that those are not things we should experience. I'm very much saying feel those feelings and go, wow, that is something here but it's exposing that I'm still relying on something other than God to fill these needs or to, um, you know, to, yeah, yeah, to comfort me when I need comfort, I'm going to other things. Um, So for me, it's often a place of repentance because I can go, especially the one like my theology Mm. flaws will come out. Like I'll go, I'm all alone. You know, this is a time where the, lies of the enemy are really loud i always say that because we can feel alone we can feel isolated we can feel and that's just counter to what god says you know he says i am with you you are not alone um right amen so it's bringing these these things to god and saying god i have a wrong belief about you i believe that i'm alone i believe that you are distant i believe that um you know so change my heart Hmm. god show me these ways within me right i'm not trusting you where I'm not believing that you are my hope and my salvation. Um, so yeah, it's so just a, it's a, a time with God that all is what it ends up being if you make the space for it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think really practically something that, that I w- would be helpful for everybody um, is if you don't, get consistent time with Jesus, um, you will find yourself subjected to the loudest voices that you are listening to. And that's why daily time with God is, is something that we're admonished from Genesis to Revelation to pursue. And it's, 
a spiritual discipline that yields fruit 100% of the time. And if you're listening, and you're like, man, I don't even know how to do that. Just very simply, some things that I've done in the past that are really helpful and make it simple. Is that every day I want to pray, every day I want to read, um, and every day I want to worship. So my prayer time, I will oftentimes start with who God is, um, and then I will transition into who God needs to be to me. What are the truth that I need to believe about God in the midst of the trials that I'm in? And then I transition into um, who God needs to be for my family and my leaders and my friends and the people that are believing in my life uh, for breakthrough. And, and so every day I want to come to Jesus and I want to present uh, those things to him. Every day I want to worship. You know, this is something we're all learning how to do is, is how do we have dynamic worship times in our homes, right? And so um, I, I've been using YouTube and going and watching uh, YouTube uh, worship sets and different things and worshiping as if I was at church um, and doing that every single day uh, because worship ultimately is us getting our eyes off of ourselves and onto who God is. And then I want to encourage you, uh, be a Bible reader. Um, read the Bible every single day. Um, something I used to say uh, when I was a college pastor is um, read something old, read something new, and then read a psalm, and then you're through. <laughs> so grabbing something from the Old Testament, something from the New Testament, and then a psalm, which are right smack dab in the middle that are so encouraging, um, uh, and, uh, and, and doing that every single day because we want to fill our minds with truth, right? I mean, I think a lot of what you're saying, Carolyn, is that allowing these lies that are so loud right now to be overpowered by the truth of who God is as the junk is coming up, allowing the truth of who God is to heal it as the pressure is squeezing out some of the things of our flesh, allowing the truth of who God is to fill us with his spirit so that we can have the fruit of the spirit come out of us and not the fruit of the flesh. Um, and, and, and look, Carolyn, could you just tell us again where we can find your blogs? I know that you're posting on it regularly and it's so full of helpful things. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, navigate transition.com. So if you can find it there, yeah. A lot navigate transition.com. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And JD, if I can just say one thing, um, about this, please, is, as Christians, we have a God who hears and who listens and who wants us to pour out our hearts. He doesn't want us to just have the right answer at the right time. So one of my tools that I've, so I think we've, we've overlooked is the practice of lament. Um, and when you said Psalms, mm. I mean, that is just such a gift to us right now. Go look at the Psalms, go see how David poured out his heart and said, God, where are you? What's going on? Like, why have you left mm -hmm. me? Why have you abandoned me? And I think, the mistake would be to just be like, okay, God, we've got this. You're here. You're with me without first pouring your heart yeah. out and lamenting how hard this is. You know, he hears and he wants us to hear and he wants to comfort us. And he can't do that if we're jumping straight to truth without doing the heart work and feeling the emotions that he's given us to feel. So I just think that he is a God of comfort and he promised, promises to walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And I think it would be a miss if we didn't take him up at his word on that. 
Oh, so good. So good. Carolyn, thanks so much again. Um, I, I know that I feel very helped, uh, and I'm sure that everyone listening will as well. Thanks, Katie.